0: Welcome to At the Threshold, a podcast for ministry leaders during this new, unsettled season in the life of the church. We are your hosts, Ashley Alley Crawford and Shelly Pitts, and we are both clergy in the Great Plains Conference of the United Methodist Church, comprised of approximately a thousand churches in the states of Kansas and Nebraska. Shelly works with Clergy Faith and Wellness with the Great Plains Conference.
1: And Ashley is the Clergy Recruitment and Development Coordinator, and we're sharing this from the Office of Clergy Excellence. Our focus here in At the Threshold is to host a conversation with and for clergy in order to describe what's happening, ask questions to help get us unstuck, and encourage the heart of pastors and leaders in this liminal time in which we find ourselves. Liminal may be a new word but a new season calls for a new word. Liminal means a threshold from what we've always known to, well, we don't know just yet what life and ministry is becoming. Our goal here is to find a little light at the threshold.
0: In our conversations, we are seeking to describe some of the dynamics that we're seeing and identify some questions and possibilities that are bubbling up for us. Ultimately, we hope you leave today with your heart encouraged in some way. Each time we gather, it's our hope that you'll glean one or two things to think about, act upon, or pray through. I'm Ashley Alley Crawford, and co-leading with me today is Reverend Dr. Shelley Peds. Shelley and I are both clergy here in the Great Plains Conference, and we've been hosting a series of conversations on behalf of the Office of Clergy Excellence as we lean into the disruptions and the gifts of the coronavirus season. In each of our conversations, we describe some of what we're seeing. We identify some questions and some possibilities that are bubbling up for us, and we hope to encourage the heart of everyone who listens today. This has been a hard year, hasn't it? Between the typical challenges of pastoral leadership, the last few years have brought a great deal of conflict and pressure into the lives of clergy. We don't wanna gloss over or minimize the challenges, and yet our theology compels us forward. Psalm 126 verse five is our banner. Those who sow in tears will reap with shouts of joy. The opportunity for tears has been plentiful, but we are trusting that a harvest of joy is on the horizon. For this summer, summer of 2021, At the Threshold has been proclaiming great joy. Instead of providing interviews with people who can help us navigate the liminal season of the pandemic, we are collecting stories of joy that clergy are experiencing. Today is our fifth conversation in our Proclaiming Great Joy series. And it's our last scheduled one. But of one of the, all of the things that I've been learning this summer about joy, I have been recognizing that sometimes something surprises us. So we might end up finding ourselves in another one of these conversations down the road. As Shelly and I were considering what our focus would be for today, we realized that we've not really emphasized the proclaiming part of our Proclaiming Great Joy series. So today we want to invite us to consider the idea of sharing our joy with others. There are different ways that we proclaim something. The angels at the birth of Jesus proclaimed great joy as they announced the good news of Christ's birth to anyone who would listen, that is to the shepherds in the field. Today we might post on social media or share the good news about something when we sit down for coffee with a friend. But some people may struggle for one reason or another to share joys with others. Perhaps it feels a little bit like bragging or maybe someone else is struggling and it feels insensitive to share our good news with them when they're in such hard times. Whatever your reason is for holding back uh, joy, I, I, I don't want, I don't know. But regardless of that, in this season of proclaiming great joy, I have been learning that joy is one of those things that plays by the rules of God's economy, not necessarily ours. What I mean by that is that joy multiplies and it expands as you share it. It really has been a fun experience to talk with our guests as they finish sharing their testimonies. As each has shared their stories, they've relived their joy and they've extended it to you and to me as we receive it. Joy compounds. It's like the zinnias that I planted. Uh, If I don't cut them to put them in a vase, then they'll naturally just go to seed, and they'll drop their little treasures to grow again and again next year. I'm finding that I can actually collect these seeds to spread a little joy in intentional places next year. So it is when we bear witness and proclaim great joy to others. It plants seeds which have the power to multiply abundantly.
1: As clergy, proclaiming is one of the things to which we are ordained. We are ordained to proclaiming the word. I think that this is so important at all times, but especially now, when there is so much pain, grief, hurt, confusion, and chaos. We have been called for such a time as this the world, our communities, our homes, need the good news that we have been given. When others proclaim the good news, I am encouraged on the journey. When I proclaim the good news, I hope and pray someone else is encouraged for the journey as well. When Christ was born, the angel proclaimed good news of great joy for all the people in the midst of uncertainty, chaos, and confusion. It was important that the angel proclaimed this good news. This was a game-changing moment. When Christ ascended into heaven, even in the midst of the unknown of what was coming next, the disciples proclaimed great joy. After Christ's death and resurrection, his ascension and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, this was the beginning of the church. This was another life-changing, game-changing moment. Even in the face of the pain of death and the reality of grief, the early disciples proclaimed great joy. As followers of Christ, I believe we are called to do the same, to proclaim great joy. I know I cannot do it all of the time. I also know I must do it when I can. This is for my own discipleship and may also make a difference for someone else's. When we proclaim great joy, we give voice to God's activity in the world. When we proclaim great joy, we allow others to glimpse what God has given us. When we proclaim great joy, we shine a light into circumstances that are scary, confusing, heavy laden, and difficult. When we proclaim great joy, others know that they are not alone in whatever they face. I give thanks for each of the pastors who are sharing their testimonies of joy and equipping me for this moment. We are going to take a little break and hear about some important opportunities for growth. Stay tuned, and we will be back in a moment.
2: Good news! Christ is still very much alive and well, working in the world today. I'm Todd Seifert, and I invite you to check out my podcast, In Layman's Terms. Once a month, this podcast tells stories of people serving the risen Christ in the world today. Other weeks of the month, I share a reflection on a passage from the Bible aimed at people who, with no background in Scripture, who find the Bible difficult to understand, or who just feel like they need a refresher on parts of our sacred texts. And it's all done in plain English, in layman's terms. So find my podcast on the Great Plains Conference website at www.greatplainsumc.org podcasts.
1: Welcome back. We are so happy to introduce our first guest today, the Reverend Carla Sheffi. Carla serves at Emporia First United Methodist Church in Emporia, Kansas, and is co-pastor there with her husband, Ron Harris. Carla has three children, a senior in college, a high school senior, and a sophomore. For fun, Carla enjoys hiking, reading novels, kayaking on lakes, and hanging out with family and friends. And she is looking forward to more time spent reconnecting with people spiritually and in stimulating ways. She also tells us that she is looking forward to watching and cheering on the cross-country team this fall. Carla, we are so glad that you are here with us today, and we look forward to hearing your testimony of joy. We turn it over to you. Thank you. It is good to be here.
3: And uh, I guess uh, when you asked if I would give a testimony of joy, I, I really consider not doing Doing just that. Um, when you asked, I I think I was at my heaviest feeling time. I I was feeling really low at that time, and I was thinking, Oh Lord, I don't have anything I want to say about joy right now. But uh, there was a nudge from God to to go ahead and sign up for uh, uh, this time of, of testimony, and I was just in hopes that um, something would come to me. And uh, you know, the God, God works in mysterious ways, and uh, um we did end up having a vacation um, right after you asked, and that helped tremendously to get away. But when we came back, um, VBS was happening real shortly after we returned and um, we had a staffing position change and so I was I was given the opportunity to um, hang out and uh, help with our uh, middle school VBS group and uh, each night of the week we went off-site and did fun activities we kayaked we uh uh, one of my favorite things we kayaked and uh, i helped with that and uh, we went to uh, um you know the splash park and went to another park and just had fun times but throughout that we also uh, engaged in our lesson but i think the joy came from me watching those uh, those young people Um, throughout the week. um, Some of them that were new to the program as they were coming into the sixth grade. Um, Just watching all of them after being really not together at church for a long time, um, start to to, uh, loosen up and uh, um, uh, get that silliness and that genuine um, freedom that middle schoolers have and uh, just really enjoy being together. And I really enjoyed them so much. I did, I don't think I realized how much I needed to be around. Um, maybe that age group, they, they were a total gift to me. Um, I think more than I was to them, but I, I think we really enjoyed hanging out together and, and getting to know each other uh, a little more. So, you know, it was a, it was a great week and I've had opportunity to hang out with them some more and just uh, it's been a lot of fun. But um, I think middle schoolers or maybe just children in general can remind us uh, as they reminded me that um, sometimes I probably take life a little too seriously. Um, that, um, yeah, there's a lot of decisions and, and things going on. Um, I think as adults, sometimes we feel the weight of the world upon us and, uh, um, hanging out with those young people just really lightened my soul and uh, I really really did feel the joy of the Lord so I felt I felt like God answered that (laughs) that nudging (laughs) um I I was sure glad because I'd already signed up for this and I didn't want to call you and tell you I I I couldn't do it but um I'm really looking forward to spending more time with them and um and uh, just getting to know them and and just spending time with everybody I think um, one thing I wanted to say was that group's called Emerge and uh, the middle school group's called Emerge and um, how that's so appropriate for all of us right now we're emerging into a new existence and a new way of being uh, after being uh, kind of isolated for quite some time but um that even when we feel kind of heavy and down, and and things aren't going quite, you know, the way we we hope, that there's always an emerging time, and um, seeing that with the the young people, the kids, um, just reminded me that um, we all have those opportunities to emerge um, from that cat, from that. Um, that cocoon and break free and, and just feel the joy of the Lord upon us and uh, um, just just to enjoy what God has to offer us and um, a lot of it does come in relationship but a lot of it, you know, comes in so many different ways for so many people but uh, my, my witness and my testimony is that it came um, by being with those, uh, those kids over a week. And uh, I just, I, I was so happy and I still am that uh, I, I had that opportunity.
0: Well, thank you so much, Carla, for sharing your story. We wanna introduce our next guest for today. The Reverend Eric Meyer joins us from Trinity UMC in Salina, Kansas. Eric is a fairly recent newcomer to the Great Plains, so he may, might not be a familiar face just yet. For him, pastoral ministry is his third career, but his true vocation. He tells us that it took learning life lessons from sales and teaching martial arts to finally respond to God's message to go to seminary. And he's found his purpose in and celebrates the joy of, of helping his congregation members discover theirs as well. Eric, we're so glad to have you share your testimony of joy with us here today.
2: Ah, So good to be here.
0: Thank
2: you. We'd love to hear it. Jump right in. All right. So I, as you mentioned, I began at um, at Trinity in July. Uh, I had planned on taking a vacation. I really wasn't anticipating moving or being reappointed this year. So I had planned a vacation for 4th of July. And after being appointed here, the Trinity people were gracious enough to let me keep that. So uh, it was the, the week after 4th of July that I was settling in and we had that Monday off and walked uh, into the church uh, think, thinking I could hang all of my pictures and get my office organized without uh, disturbing anybody. And so I did, I pounded away and hung everything and then uh, walked out for one more trip to the car. And we have a community garden in the back and there were two people working out there and I hadn't met anybody from my congregation yet other than committee members. And I thought, oh, two congregation members in the wild. I get, go, <laughs> I get to go meet two of my congregation members. And I uh, went over and introduced myself and uh, Millie and Carol. And Millie was working in the corner lot, and she had uh, quite, a, uh, quite a gorgeous garden growing. And I asked her if uh, she was a, a member of the congregation. And she said, nope, nope, I'm just one of your sisters in Christ and doing great ministry here in this garden. And she said, who are you? And I said, I'm the new pastor. And she said, oh, God surely sent you to come talk to me. No pastor's ever come talk to me in the middle of this garden. <laughs> and I I just loved her exuberance and her joy. She was just, she is joy personified. So uh, I said, Millie, uh, tell me about this garden that you're growing here. And, and she said, I'm not growing this garden. God is. And uh, I said, well, did you plant any of this? Uh, I planted a couple of things, but a lot of this garden is a gift from God. And I said, well, do you know what you're growing? And she said, well, look right here. I think I think this is a melon, but God will show me what this is soon enough. It's some kind of melon, but but God will let me know what it is. And this conversation went on for a little while like that. And I'd ask her what uh, what this plant is. And some of them she knew, and some of them she had planted. And some of them were just pure gifts from God, and then she gets to the okra. And now I have—I spent 15 years in Arkansas. For 15 years, people tried to convince me that okra is good, and you just have to know how to cook it. Uh, you know, I've tried every single way you can possibly eat okra, and it's not good. <laughs> I'm sorry for those of you who love it, but—but uh, but not for me. And so I was getting ready to say something smart, sarcastic, silly, and. And Millie said, Eric, have you ever seen okra flowers? And I said, no, I I don't know if I've even ever seen an okra plant other than the finished product. And she said, you have to come back here and watch. Every week, come back and look for the okra flowers. You've never seen anything more beautiful. The flowers of an okra plant are a pure gift from God. Oh, (laughs) she reframed my perspective on joy. You know, I was thinking about saying something smart-alecky about this plant that I don't like, and she taught me how to see it from the perspective of God. And uh, and we went on, and I, there was one plant that I recognized. I'm not much of a gardener, but I know a strawberry plant when I see it. And I said, oh, Millie, it looks like there's a strawberry plant at your feet. And she said, yeah, and that's another gift from God. I don't know where that one came from, but I'm telling you, Strawberries, no matter where you find them, are a gift from God, and she called her friend Carol over, introduced me to Carol, and and we talked a bit, and um, and then I walked away completely filled with joy. That five-minute conversation or so with Millie just lit me up, and I don't remember exactly how I laid out the sermon for uh, that first Sunday, uh, but I offered Millie's story, and and the congregation loved it. <laughs> they, they couldn't wait to go meet Millie. And I didn't know this, uh, but after the sermon, it seems like quite a lot of people went back out to the garden to see if anybody was back there hoping hoping to meet Millie. And, uh, and Carol was there. Millie wasn't there, but Carol was there. And about two weeks later, I walked out back and there was Carol. So I walked over and I said, hey, Carol, how you doing? And she said, Pastor, I don't know what you did but I, and maybe it's what Millie did. I have no idea what Millie did, but a whole wow after that worship service, all these people came over here looking for Millie. I hope she's not in trouble. <laughs> so, uh, so Millie's joy touched me. It touched my congregation and people wanted to go meet her, uh, because of the joy she poured out into our community. Um, and I wanted to share one last thing that Millie did and, and, uh, uh this is you know actually I, I do now remember what i was talking about in my sermon it was uh uh it was the first chapter end of the first chapter of john's gospel in which jesus is telling nathaniel that he'll see the heavens heavens open and the angels ascending and descending on the son of man on son of man excuse me and um, i realized as i was writing that sermon that i had just spent time in the garden with an angel and I knew that I was in the garden with an angel because when we finished our conversation, she, uh, she looked at me. She said, Pastor, you see that plot over there where nothing's growing? <laughs> I said, yeah. She said, that's an empty plot, and it's waiting for you to come plant something. <laughs> so, so not only did Millie fill me with joy, she was trying to give me work to do. Uh, you know, a true angel in the kingdom of God. And uh, uh, so I, I wanted to share that story because what brings me joy Is people hearing people's story sharing their story uh, asking wait staff at restaurants uh, if I can pray for them what is your story Uh, well we have opportunities everywhere we go to the bank or to the the cashier at the grocery store don't go to self-checkout go through the regular line and talk to the cashier and um, ask them where they see joy in their life you might be surprised just about every time I ask people if I can pray for them, they have a request or they have a joy or they there's had a baby. or uh, You just never know what people are going to say if you give them the invitation to share their moments of joy in life. And so I guess that's my, uh, that's my hope for everyone who listens to this, that they might go out looking for joy and living joy, just as Millie seems to live joy every minute. And that's it. Thank you for this opportunity to share.
1: Eric, thank you so much for sharing your testimony of joy. We wanted to take a few minutes to offer a testimony of our own after hearing 14 testimonies of joy over the past couple of months. Ashley, let's begin with you. What have you learned about joy over these past few months? What have you noticed about joy from the stories we have heard? And what is next for you as you consider joy?
0: Yeah, Uh, I am uh, really excited to get to share a little more personally about some of the things that I've experienced as we've been collecting these stories and hearing these testimonies of joy. I really have just learned so much. And I feel like these last couple of months, I've really been kind of leaning in to learning just about joy in general. I had no idea how many um, things I had that were written about joy i didn't i would never really studied joy as a as a concept um and and hadn't really paid attention in the ways uh that i've been paying attention in these last couple of months and so i've learned just uh, about what it is to, to kind of go deeper into this fruit of the spirit joy is a fruit of the spirit it's not something we can manufacture on our own. It doesn't happen out of our own strength. And I just have been able to, to learn a ton. I've read a couple of good books on joy in this season. I've mentioned some along the way. I've, I've loved this little book of delights um, that, that just has some daily kind of reflections uh, that, that, that invite us to this place of delight, which I think is an aspect of joy. I've loved this book, The Gravity of Joy by Angela williams Gurrell. And and I love the personal testimony that she offers, that comes from just a place of deep grief and pain, um, and the seeds of the seeds of joy have been born. So I just have have the things I've been learning have sort of crystallized in the fact that I think joy is a very present thing, um, that it it invites me and invites us into the present moment. And I think what that also does is it cultivates an awareness of God's presence right here and right now with me. I've, I've learned those things. What have I noticed? I have noticed um, some wonderful things from our amazing pastors who are serving all over the Great Plains Conference. One tension that I have noticed, I've seen it in a lot of different people, and it's, it's sort of the you can feel both things at the same time kind of a, a sense. Um, Some of them have really expressed um, sort of a a difficulty of something that really opens up and enables an opportunity for something else to emerge that uh, I I heard a couple of folks, Jeff Getzinger and and Susan Marithi and Chang Su sort of embrace the openness of um, some of the the being home more um, and what those opportunities. So there's deep grief and sadness of not being able to be out and about, but but embracing the opportunity that was present there, uh, right then and there. I also heard from some others about leaning into some new skills and um, and and the skills of their community as well. Kathy shared this story. Velma shared this story. Uh, several others as well. And and I just uh, have loved hearing um, how how people are pivoting and um, and learning learning new skills and. And that their congregations are as well. I loved um, what Eduardo said about creation and and just what it what it has the soul the way it has fed his soul and the way he's experienced um, experienced joy in that. So I I think that. that also this holding tension of two different things. I, Amy Amy Lippel talking about the the kind of hilarious little wordplay there between uh, pneumatology and pulmonology, and um, and just that that little place where where she was experiencing the Holy Spirit in something that um, that was really a deep and difficult and 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 um, painful and scary time, and and so two. Different things can exist in the same space, and I just heard that from our our pastors' testimonies. So um, I like thinking about what is coming next when we're when we're talking about this idea. What comes next for me after joy? the, the gratitude, the word from, um, that I'd I'd heard in that podcast from Brene Brown about, uh, gratitude, grateful people are, are people who are more joyful as well. So I've been practicing intentionally a gratitude practice, um, in this season and, and I um, am going to continue that. So that's a that's something I'm going to keep doing. Um, I'm going to finish. I haven't finished either of these books, so I'm going to finish these two testimonies and and be able to lean into to what that has to say about joy and. And then I've been thinking about the fact that this is a fruit of the spirit, and I wanna I wanna see what other fruits of the spirit I might be able to meditate on. So I haven't chosen one yet, um, but I'm hopeful that um, that there's another fruit of the spirit that I can sort of just sit with and and cultivate and pray for and learn about and um, and invite the Holy Spirit to fill me with. So those are that's what I've learned. That's that's what I have noticed, and, and that's what's next for me. Shelly, what about you? What what have you learned during this season? What what have you noticed from the pastors' testimonies and and what are you going to do next as a result of this?
1: Sure. Thank you so much. I have learned that there is so much more to joy to think about and so much more joy to explore. This has taught me that I'm not done yet. I'm I'm not done with joy. I I've not done leaning into it. I'm not done diving to the depths of finding it in the midst of where I am right now. And this has opened up a whole new opportunity for me that I'm excited about, um, that I have more to learn, to be a lifelong learner of joy. One of the things that I noticed from each pastor who shared that their testimony touched me deeply. And I loved that my own joy was deepened in each expression of joy, and each one of theirs was so very different. The clergy opened me to joy when I wasn't feeling joy. I struggled at the beginning of this because I wasn't sure where this was gonna take us. I wasn't feeling joy, and and I wondered if, if I could be authentic when I didn't have joy myself. And the clergy invited me to new awarenesses of joy. They invited me to know their joy of the Lord, and to allow myself to find that for myself. It was a great invitation that I didn't even know I needed. I'm not sure exactly what's next, except that I'm not done diving the depths of it. Even just today, one of the participants who's been joining in on several of these conversations sent me information um, about Richard Rohr's meditation that came out just today, on crisis, contemplation and joy. And I wanna share just a bit of this with you today because it it touched me deeply about what might be next for my own exploration. It shared this, in my Franciscan tradition, tradition, joy comes from an inner realization of true experiential union with God. This realization descends upon us at ever deeper levels as we walk our faith journey Authentic joy, however, takes place through our pain, not under it, to the right, left, or over it. There is much covering up, escaping, or denying our suffering in unhealthy religion. God calls us instead to the whole Paschal mystery, passion, death, and resurrection. And I'm wondering if that's what I'm invited to explore next the entirety of what God is calling me to and what it means for my life and for my ministry. In this same meditation that was sent out today, a woman by the name of Barbara Holmes shared this. We have to sing ourselves sane and dance ourselves free. Each act of public joy is one step closer to that risky leap toward transcendence. That might be a part of my proclaiming great joy, singing myself sane and dancing myself free in that which is before me. And so the invitation to me is to keep finding joy in the midst of life.
0: Oh, Shelly, what a good word that you have given. And I just have to say it has been such a joy to work with you on this project as we sniff out good stories of joy in the conference to help share. Well, we're going to take just a quick break and then we'll be right back to wrap up our time together and let you know about a free resource that we hope you'll take advantage of. We'll be right back.
2: This health boost is brought to you by the Abundant Health Initiative of the United Methodist Church.
3: Get up, get ready. It's time for a health boost. Let's unite to boost our holistic well-being. Strengthen your spirit with this one-minute breathing meditation. Let's begin deepening our breath. Big breath in. Slow breath out. Breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, and out, one more cycle in and out bring your awareness back to the present acknowledge this moment of peace you've been a part of and take it with you throughout the rest of your day smile and let the joy of healthy living flood through your body. Join us in creating abundant health for everyone. Learn more at umcabundanthealth.org.
0: Well, welcome back. As we close our time today, I just want to say one more time how grateful we are for the testimonies of Carla and Eric and all the pastors who have shared with us during this season. We're so thankful for you and for your stories that you've shared. And as we wrap up, I want to ask you to think about what you would share when it comes to a testimony of joy and ask you to check in with yourself just a little bit. How are you doing cultivating joy in your life? Are you finding ways to spread joy around you? Well, I want to invite you with one more joy cultivating opportunity that's free for you. It's a resource that you can try that just might give you a few more handles to hold in your own joy experiment. It's a free app for your phone or your tablet that's based on nearly two decades of research by Notre Dame researcher, Dr. Matt Bloom, which I just have to say, doesn't he just have the best last name for doing this sort of work, Bloom? I love it. He and his team have been investigating how well clergy are flourishing and how they can live more deeply in the abundant life of Christ. They've put together an assessment tool that's really a good check-in for how you're doing, that also gives you the ability to target some of your practices to grow in daily well-being and resilience, authenticity, and just to thrive more in all of life. Like anything, there just are no magic formulas. But there are some practices that that can support us. And I found that this app is like my own personal coach that helps me target some areas of learning. The app is called Work Well. And we will share a link to how you can find information about their research and download the free app on our website, www.greatplainsumc.org at the threshold. I just want to put in a good word for their series right now that's called Positivity in Daily Life. It explores several different aspects of joy, and I really hope that you'll check it out. If you've enjoyed this conversation today, we hope that you'll share it with a friend. You can also listen to it as a podcast. Just search for At The Threshold on Podbean or Google or Apple Podcasts. We are gonna share some extra resources and you can sign up to join a discussion of this conversation at greatplainsumc.org slash at the dash threshold.
1: As we wrap up our time together, We want to end with a song, actually. A song that proclaims great joy. It's one of my favorite Christmas hymns. It is joy to the world. Did you know it wasn't originally intended as a Christmas song? It was written by Isaac Watts based on a psalm. Its initial inspiration came not from the Christmas narrative in Luke 2, but from Psalm 98. It may speak to us um, as much about Christ coming again as it does about his birth. What does it mean to sing this song today? Joy to the world. The Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare him room and heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. Do we know and believe this beyond Christmas? Do we know and believe this even in the middle of summer? You all have stories right here of great joy. You are ministering with those in the midst of grief and walking alongside those who are the least and the last and the lost. The light of Christ lives in you and this is great joy. We will close our time together with this song. It may be what I need today. And maybe you do too. You can find it in the United Methodist hymnal number 246. Text is by Isaac Watts and the music is arranged by Handel and Lowell Mason. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare him room and heaven and nature sing. Joy to the world, the Savior reigns, let all their songs employ. While fields and floods, rocks, hills and plains, repeat the sounding joy. No more let sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow, far as the curse is found. He rules the world with truth and grace, and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love.
0: Indeed, joy to the world. Well, thank you again to our clergy colleagues who joined us today for sharing their testimonies of joy and thank you to everyone who listened. We hope that you've been able to see our new reality just a little bit clearer and with more joy. We hope you've asked a few new questions and we hope that you have been indeed encouraged. We hope that you're finding some light at the threshold.